Good morning and happy Easter. My name is Jim Beckman and the scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 7. This is the hope of eternal life. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation and we have priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, purified, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. <clears throat> and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive his salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith, faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Twenty years after Peter went into the empty tomb, he's now in Rome and he's writing to Christians in Asia Minor who are experiencing persecution and pressure from the culture. Christians were viewed with lots of suspicion. 
You can imagine people saying things like, why do they gather in their homes every week? And things like, I've heard that they eat the body and drink the blood of some guy who was killed 20 years ago. And I heard they proclaim that some insurrectionist who died as a criminal is Lord, as opposed to Caesar as Lord. So the Christians are facing persecution and hostility from the culture, and Peter is writing to encourage them to keep the faith. He is writing to cheer them on in the way of Jesus despite the hostility that they're facing. Now I would never want to compare our current situation with the persecuted Christians who received Peter's letter. But I think that this coronavirus crisis that we're currently under gives us a special way of empathizing with those persecuted Christians in 1 Peter. We are both facing a form of oppression, we are both facing trials, and we both welcome words of encouragement right now. The first two verses of 1 Peter are introduction, and then look at verse 3. Look where Peter immediately goes to give hope to these persecuted Christians. He says in verse 3, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Peter finds the greatest source of encouragement in the resurrection. We've been born again. We've been given a second life. We've been made a new human because God raised His human Son, Jesus, to new life. It is through Jesus' resurrection that we've been born into a new family. We've been born into the family of God. Many of those Christians who would have received Peter's letter would have been disowned from their families because of their faith in Jesus, and they would have lost their family inheritance that went along with it. But being born into God's family has an inheritance that is eternally secure. God promised Abraham an inheritance. That inheritance was the land of Canaan. The vision was that the family of God would be human representatives of God. They would live with God and they would live for God, bringing glory to Him and spreading His reign over the earth. But we all know that that vision never materialized because of sin. We all know that the people in God's family failed to be the humans God had created and commissioned them to be. We all know that every human eventually succumbed and still succumbs to the death brought on by sin. But this inheritance is eternally secure. It is, as Peter says, kept in heaven for you. This is a new Canaan. It's a new Eden. It's the new heavens and the new earth. It is humanity as they were created to be, without sin and made perfectly in the image of God. It is humanity doing what they were created to do, which is spreading God's reign. And how is this vision possible? It's made possible by the new life of the perfect human, Jesus. Our inheritance is humanity as it should be because of God who became human in Jesus. Our hope is not in this world. It's in the one who became human, died, and rose to new life so that someday we can live lives making much of Him. Our hope is in surrounding the throne of Jesus and yelling with joy, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Then in verse 6 and 7, Peter tells believers that they ought to be truly glad. Now, why would they be glad in the midst of this trial and persecution? 
Peter gives the answer in verse 7. He says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. And then he cuts to this illustration of the gold refining process. See, they would heat up the metal and they'd heat it up to these extraordinary temperatures. And then what would happen is that anything that wasn't pure gold, all the impurities would be burned away. It was a process of stripping everything away that wasn't pure gold. The refinement process got to the core of the metal. Peter is saying that these trials are a refinement process. These trials strip away everything and get at the core of who we truly are. They get at the bedrock of who we are and what we truly believe. Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychologist and a Holocaust survivor. He survived numerous work camps and he wrote a book relating his experiences called Man's Search for Meaning. Much of the book is simply his experiences trying to stay alive under the inhumane conditions in the camps. And as a psychologist, he relates all of his experiences to his field of psychology. One of Frankl's conclusions is that the Jews in the camps who found meaning and purpose were far more likely to survive. Frankl tells the story of arriving at his first camp, and all he has is a small suitcase and the clothes that he's wearing. Right off the bat, two lines were formed. One line was headed to the gas chambers, while the other line was sent to work in the camps. Frankl ended up in the line that got to live and was sent to work, and then they were separated by men and women, and the men went into a building and the stripping away began. They had to leave their bags, so they immediately lost whatever little possessions they had left. Then they were told to strip naked, so they also lost their clothes. They had to remove all jewelry, even wedding rings had to be given up. If their shoes were nice enough, guards would take those away too. Upon arrival at the camps, they were already stripped down to nothing. Franco goes on to recount how the experiences at the camp reduced people to nothing. The camp stripped away prisoners of their possessions, their dignity, and even their humanity. And despite everything being stripped away, those who found meaning and purpose were the ones who survived. Again, I would never want to compare our current situation with Frankl and the horrors that anyone that Frankl or, or anyone, any survivor of the Holocaust went through. The Holocaust is infinitely worse than anything that we're facing right now, but I think we can resonate with this idea of things being stripped away. For the first time in most of our lifetimes, we've had lots of stuff stripped away from us. Some of us have had our jobs stripped away. We've had simple gathering with each other stripped away. We've had meeting with friends stripped away. Much of our social lives have been stripped away. We've had trips and travel stripped away. Just this week, I started to get angry about the stripping away when the parks were closed. I had taken the kids to Kohler Andre on Tuesday, and, and we loved it. it. We got out, it was wonderful. The stickers were free. You didn't need a sticker, you could just go in. And so I brought the kids, and it was wonderful to get outside and get some exercise. And then we were planning to go there on Friday as a family, and then Thursday the order comes down that the parks are going to be closed. So even the parks were stripped away. I see why Peter says, so be truly glad in the midst of these trials. We are facing a tremendous opportunity as more and more gets stripped away from us. We are faced with the fundamental question, why do we exist? And we can celebrate that our answer is Jesus. Ultimately, our existence 
Ultimately, our existence transcends our circumstances. The stripping away that we're experiencing right now is not the last word over who we are. Peter, as he writes to these persecuted Christians, says, 20 years ago, I spent three days on the verge of depression because everything that I had lived for was taken away from me. Everything I had lived for was stripped away. The man I gave my life to, the man I was closest to, my best friend, was executed as an insurrectionist. Everything was taken away from me when my friend died. But three days later, I walked in and all I found were grave clothes. I saw a body placed in that tomb three days earlier. And now there was no body. The grave was empty. And then not only was the grave empty, but I saw him. I hugged him. I talked with him. I asked him questions. I saw the holes in his hands. I saw a man go into the grave and then come out of that grave again. This is why our hope transcends our circumstances. Because Jesus the King is alive.